Welcome to your highest version, the podcast where I want you to be the highest version of yourself. My name is Hope Matole. I am the host and founder of this podcast. I'm a communicator, a conversation starter, a voice, healer, and a safe space creator. So if there's one thing to be sure of, this is definitely a safe space. I am also the founder and president of a female NPO known as Contagious Classy Divas Network. I hold a master's degree in psychology and am a counseling psychologist by profession. Yep, a whole counseling psychologist. In this podcast, we are going to do the work that helps us to meet and become the highest versions of ourselves. So are you guys ready? Come on and join us. Let's go. your highest versions so today we are going to have an amazing conversation that i've titled preserving the diamond and i'm going to have this conversation with an amazing young lady um who i let's see how do i know her i basically got to meet this individual when i was studying at my previous campus and at the time i was the src social coordinator trying to put a choir together and then i actually discovered that she can sing. Well, the short story is that the choir never happened, but I initially really found an interest in her because she was quite an interesting individual, very warm-spirited, warm-hearted, and really got along with a lot of people on campus. Um, From there on, she um, uh, presented basically um, on, at the time, an initiative that was called the Forbidden Fruit at the Festival of Learning in 2017. And then I asked her to come along and have a conversation with us at two different events that I hosted with um, my NPO, Contagious Classy Divas Network. And Tiny and I have really had conversations in the past about very fruitful conversations that, you know, about God, about purpose, career, relationships, celibacy, and so on. And every single time to this day, when I think of her name, in my mind, her full name is Tiny Forbidden Fruit Mashele. So this individual is um, has a diploma and a degree in psychology. She's currently studying at the Academy of Sexology, and she's doing a Bachelor of Science in sexology. She is passionate about working with young people because she believes that they're great um, catalysts for change. And she started the movement called the Forbidden Fruit, which is apparently evolved now into that forbidden fruit. Isn't that cool? Uh, Tiny looks at making a difference in the taboo world of sexual health. And she mostly focuses on working and empowering female female females um, and aims to start conversations that are centered around sex, which she believes will subsequently lead to sex education for women. So ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together um, and welcome in welcoming Tiny Mashele. Hey, Tiny. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Um, so we basically kind of have been speaking even before we started hitting the record button. Um, yeah. But before we start, I think I've never told you this, actually. But before we start, um, I remember in 
2016-ish when I used to work reception. And, you know, we would like chat and you and I will talk about celibacy. But I actually need to thank you and Simone for this. But that was really a time in my life when I was considering celibacy. But I thought, hmm, celibacy doesn't really work with people who are not virgins. But I was really considering it because I feel like throughout my life, I've always felt like at some point I'm going to be celibate because I know, you know, as a believer, this is like something that obedience is quite important to me but Mm. you and Simone are really one of the people who made it possible for me to even be like okay in in at that time which was like around 2016 17 young people still find it cool to be celibate you know and I think um as much as I was praying in the background about it and you know listening to different people's stories and testimonies about celibacy and reading and basically seeing okay how do I do I how do I ensure that I stay and I keep to this and you and Simone are really one of those people who I was like you know what this is possible so I should thank Simone also but thank you and I'm literally we're going to what four years on Sunday actually fourth anniversary so thank you girl (laughs) you're most welcome (laughs) sure okay so this is how we often start the podcast so I ask a quick check-in, very brief check-in. So how are you? Where are you? How's the weather like where you are? And are you having any beverage? Are you going to be having any beverage through the conversation? So just quick check-in. Um, I'm at home. It uh-huh. is storming outside. Um, <laughs> so we thank God for microphones with funny stuff so that it kind of like hides the yeah. background noises. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm drinking apple juice, actually. Oh. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking water. I probably always drink water because, you know, voice problems, which we spoke about earlier. drinking more water. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm, I'm drinking water. Okay, I want to start with, I'm going to start a story and I want you to complete it. And maybe if, okay. if, if I, like, if there's some errors that I've made you also clarify that right okay so here is young tiny in a store with her mother in the lubricant aisle and she asks (laughs) her mom what that is continue (laughs) (laughs) okay so actually we were in the nappies aisle and it just so happens that I don't know if you've noticed um in stores the way that they actually position their stuff it starts off with your your condoms your lubricants your foreplay stuff and as you go on further all of a sudden there's like vaseline and then there's like your baby stuff and then it's nappies yeah so we were headed in the nappies direction and you know there's all these like colorful things they like it's like jelly and stuff and I'm, I'm i'm a slime person like i really enjoy slime okay and there's this purple bottle and it's just sitting there it's like bright purple and i look at my mom and i was like ma what is that <laughs> and she looks at me and she looks at it and she looks at me again and she's like i don't know and she like runs away from it like <laughs> we didn't even get what we were getting in that aisle <laughs> <laughs> so how did that end did you persist or was it just done did you have a conversation at a later stage where she was like hey nana by the way that thing is this and this and this oh no that 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 was a dream um that she did not even think about it every time we went to the shop she walked away from that section um i think she got stuff from that section without me (laughs) yeah Um, (laughs) 
but it, it was never like a conversation that came up again like her reaction yeah, kind of also startled me so I was like oh this is probably something that we shouldn't actually be talking about I shouldn't have mm-hmm. asked I'm so sorry I felt so bad when I got home and around how old were you when this happened I I think I was um the beginning it was the beginning of high school I was in grade eight I was around like 14 okay so when did you realize that you know obviously it was kind of like maybe looking back when did you realize that oh that other day this was actually lubricant like how long after that was it when you realized that oh this is why my mom acted funny blah 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 you know yeah it was it was two years later because Uh I took biology at school Mm. and obviously we're doing the reproduction and yeah. my teacher was very passionate about the reproduction system you know she yeah. liked babies she liked how babies were made so she took her time with that section at school mm. and she rushed everything else because she's like you don't need to know what plants do because you're not a plant so okay. you're not a plant so you need to know what your body does so she spent a lot more time there and she explained a lot of stuff and she was explaining how the human body works and someone in the background was like okay so ma'am what does loop do and I was like loop loop?" you know and I turned around and then like everybody obviously chuckled because here's this girl that doesn't know what loop is Mm -hmm. like what rock are you living under in like you know in the 21st century and she was like well it's it's not a problem and she explained what it is and she explained what it does and she explained the different types of them I mean she didn't go into detail but she basically like just explained so that you know what it is and I was like oh what I saw that other time So yeah, so I was just like, oh man, now I really feel bad because this is something we've never spoken about. Yeah, yeah. Awkward. Yeah. Wow, mad awkward, like for real. <laughs> <laughs> so now that your you say your biology teacher was just really open about you know reproduction and all, did you ever have mm. times where you had like homework and you had to ask your mom? <laughs> oh, I made sure I didn't go to her. Really? I had questions. I would mm-hmm. go and sit with my best friend and I'd be like, girl, what did your mom say? If okay. your mom answered if she doesn't know, then obviously she she would she had that relationship with her mom and her sisters. Okay. Like her okay. sisters were like out there. So yeah. she could ask these questions, but I couldn't. So I'd go to her and be on some girl, what is this? What mm-hmm. does this do? Like that. And then I also took it upon myself to also research it by myself without putting people in awkward positions. Because yeah. like, how am I gonna start mom? It's all about sex today. What does this do? Yeah. You know? Awkward. So. Yeah. So yeah. the lubricant story, the, the lubricant conversation never ever happened. <laughs> Even like that two, uh, two years later when you were learning about reproduction. No. By that, I mean, it never happened. No. Not at all. It, it, it never came up. I think yeah. I've only been comfortable with talking about sexuality and sex and all of that stuff with my mom. Um once I actually started that when once I was invited at the festival of learning oh, to yeah. actually talk about something and the the worst part was I decided I'm going to do research and I'm going to like ask people on campus what do they mm-hmm. want us to talk about 
Yeah. And everybody just said sex. And I was like, oh, damn. And you had her in your presentation that day. I remember. I really did. I really did. Um, did you did. So I hadn't like fully told her about like what was going on. Yeah. Um, because I, I personally didn't go by the loop because it was going to be really awkward for me <laughs> to like randomly like have blue bling around the house you know because yeah. that's not a conversation we're gonna have because my brother actually got into trouble the one day for coming home with condoms so <laughs> i was like i'm saying that yeah yeah <laughs> so that i got great. like one of yeah. one of the educators at at school who was like oh you need lube oh i have some i can bring an extra bottle oh, and she okay. brought me that extra bottle and that was the bottle that i actually mm. used to like yeah um work it in that presentation and she was like you know what you can actually just keep it and I kept it and I kept it so proudly in my room it was literally just laying around displaying so careless I mean at this point your mom knows it's like a whole presentation movement type of thing so I don't think she would have complained yeah. about that I don't think she would have but I must say that you have quite interesting educators hey you know, an educator was very open about reproductive health and an educator just mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll just bring you my lube. Awesome. <laughs> you see, I think like this was the path that I was honestly supposed to take because everybody that's actually helped me with this mm. project and initiative and, and, and um, company is, has helped me become confident in yeah. saying the word sex. In yeah. saying body parts, in saying I need to go buy condoms because apparently um non-latex is different to latex so i want to feel so i can hardly yeah. walk into checkers and go buy myself condoms without actually feeling that and that's that's i think is what yeah the universe and what god was also trying to like link to me mm. to say my child this is your path and you need to be comfortable with it so we're gonna put everybody that yeah, is already comfortable yeah. with it to try and help you because it wouldn't have helped if all i was surrounded by was people who had that my, that old school mindset that like yeah. my parents had and I'm trying to take on this sexology career I really would have like just dropped out and carried on with law whereas it was actually the other way so I'm I'm really grateful and I'm happy that like that's the way that things happened yeah that's actually a great segue into my next question um so my next question is basically wanting to find out from you what inspired you to start the conversation around sex but also the bigger movement of now known as that forbidden fruit is it Mm. um did this happen after the presentation or was this something that was before this is something that's always been in my heart because wherever you go like there was always like a random pregnant teen or random pregnant lady and these aren't conversations that people want to have out in the open if you're not okay sexually or you feel like something's wrong it's you you cannot be okay because I feel that in most cultures and stuff sex for a woman is not the same as sex for a man as a woman you're told to preserve the diamond to you know be this, be that, you need to do that, you need to make sure that your man's always satisfied, but mm. what about us? Yeah. You know, there, there was never a chat about what about us. Um, when I was chilling with my guy friends, all they could talk about was sex. And when I was chilling with my female friends, all they spoke about was, oh, no, he was cute, but I don't kiss and tell. Yeah. Why are you not kissing and telling? You could be educating us. Exactly, yeah. 
There's this yeah. whole thing about integrity. It's like a huge part of your integrity, your value as a woman is yes. you know, how secretive you are about sex and how well behaved you are. And that's, that's a part of integrity, but that's not all your integrity and your value. Exactly. Like, why can't I be sexually free as a woman yeah. the same way that a man is sexually free? A man can have multiple partners, but when a female does, it's, you know, it's a problem. Uh-huh. I'm not saying it's a good thing or anything, but I'm yeah, just saying, yeah, why do we look at things so differently? Um, especially in the way that, like, females are brought up. And, yeah. you know, boys actually get more of the sex talks than the girls, but True. it's the girls that are left with the baby at the end of the day. So uh-huh. why was I not told about it? Whereas I also could have taken a part and maybe brought my own condom or yeah, maybe brought yeah. my own lube or actually taken a contraceptive to yep. prevent such things. Whereas it's the man that's always being told about like contraceptive, contraceptives and stuff like that. So, you know, I was like, this honestly doesn't make sense for me. And the idea of being on a contraceptive highlights the fact that you're having sex is so annoying like I I don't get it like a lot of us are on contraceptives because we have serious period sure. pains or yes yes same treat us right so we're trying to control it mm. so now when I'm on the patch or when I'm on the pole I'm going for my injection it's like a oh so you can yeah. that. Yeah, you think yeah. you're big you, mm-hmm. you, you're big enough to have kids and I'm just like I'm not that is why I'm preventing mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's the thing yeah. also, like even you even get shamed by like the women in the healthcare system, like the nurses, Correct. do you get what I yeah. mean? For like going for yeah. your contraceptive appointment. And like you're saying a lot, well, not everyone. And it's okay. Even if you are there for the actual reason of preventing, but like for me, mm-hmm. for instance, mm-hmm. I have very severe dysmenorrhea and I've decided mm-hmm. I don't want to do any operation and whatever. I, I'll just maybe be on contraceptive for like half a year. And that's what I do. Do you get what I mean? Mm. So it's not because mm. I'm sexually active, which there's nothing wrong with that also, but still, you know, they don't mm. even know the reason. Not that they need to know and it's none of their business, but it's just so amazing exactly. how you are even shamed by the female health workers when you go there for your appointment, which is not right. It's really not. And it, it goes even <clears throat> further than your actual nurses. It goes to your actual doctors yep. and some gynecologists. Mm. I don't feel comfortable now going to a female gynae because if something's wrong or let's say you have like a thrash from you've been wearing like wrong underwear or stuff like that she's not going to look at it from a medical point of view Mm -hmm. she's just going to go straight to the oh you've been sleeping around type of thing it's it's really you know I just had that thing and I've just never gone back whereas a male will be on some you know what it's okay it could have been the change in underwear you could be using a different lotion Maybe today was honestly not your day. Yeah, that's true. So true. it's you know it's that it's the conversations that we've been taught, and it's it it, it actually kind of like filters through our everyday life without us actually realizing that oh this is actually going beyond my scope or I'm actually kind of going against ethics and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's an innate thing. You don't realize that you're doing it until someone points it out. Yeah. It's, it's become so, it's become, I don't want to say a norm, but it's become so casual to, to just shame mm. women about reproductive health and the choices mm-hmm. they choose. And hear how funny this is. This is like decisions that we are making about our own bodies. 
yeah. you know, but people just casually shame like that. And they don't even realize, that's what you're saying, they don't even realize because it's something that they do every day. It's something, you know, I've heard stories about young people giving birth in hospitals and like the sisters will like maybe leave them a bit longer, kind of, you know, saying, yo, you were young in any case. Why did you have sex? Why are you having a kid? Which is, I mean, really? And they say such hurtful things. I remember the one day there was a girl who said that she's never going to have sex again and she's never going to have a child again because when she was at the hospital, not only did she get the bad treatment from the nurses, but so did her mom. It was a matter of, they said to her, um, oh, you can open your legs for boys, but now when the things that the boys left inside, you don't want to open. Open them legs, you know, and now they're like trying her legs open. It was just so traumatic Mm. on top of the pains and everything. You can't, she's she was so young she's like what 15 16 yeah and it, it's a very tough thing so i i definitely want to change that and i i would like to be the catalyst for change i may not be able to change it now but to have started the conversation yeah, means yeah. a lot now that you well we're already there i think i feel like you you're making it easy for me because you just keep segueing into the next thing i was about to ask you <laughs> but what is the forbidden fruit like in detail um before we started um the the episode and we started recording you were telling me about the ways in which it's evolved from it just being one thing to it being you know this bigger vision of so many things can you tell us about that um so the forbidden fruit i was originally going to the idea of I was looking at sex and sexuality and the whole idea of virginity for females Mm. and Mm. preserving the body and being celibate and all of that until later on I then realized that there's actually a lot more forbidden fruits that um kind of bring people down and kind of they they stagnate their growth Mm. and they stop them from going into careers because they themselves are the forbidden fruit being a a, a black person a a a young person being a female Mm. now it's a problem when you're a young black female because now you are completely the forbidden fruit and everywhere you go is a glassy yeah you can't go further than where you are you start getting treated differently you started you start you know so I moved from the forbidden fruit to that forbidden fruit. I'm going to be that forbidden fruit in engineering. I'm going to be that forbidden fruit in construction. I'm going to be a thing that, you know, you, you, you're not, I'm not supposed to be there, but listen, I'm not supposed to be there because you say I'm not supposed to be there, yeah. but I'm supposed to be here because I know I'm supposed to be here. I don't know if that's making sense yeah 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 it's like the, the empowering like, type of thing yes yep. yes so that that forbidden fruit looks at like youth empowerment putting the youth and people who are seen as the minority in different projects where mm. they wouldn't be in by themselves with their background or with their upbringing or with their culture or with their religion you know stuff like that like to try and like push them up and get them to where they actually need to be or where they have envisioned themselves to be. Mm. So that forbidden fruit has evolved fully because not only sex taboo, but females working 
yeah. till this day is seen as taboo. Uh-huh. So we got to change that. We got to keep it moving and actually build South Africa as one of the youngest countries in the world. Uh-huh. All you have is the youth. True. Everywhere you go, if you're trying to enter a company, they're telling you about five years experience, this, this uh-huh. and that. But you're a female, you, you're a black female or you're a black male or you're a, a, a young person or, you know, you're just seen as a minority and they're going to overlook you and they're going to use you and you're going to do things that's not going to get you to where you actually want to be because of you being that forbidden fruit. Hmm, I love that. That's powerful. You know, now I understand. Yeah. I don't think I got it initially when we were talking before we started recording when you said that mm-hmm. forbidden fruit, but this like this time i i understand what you mean you know um there's yeah it's empowering you know like i mean imagine everyone supporting the movement literally calling themselves that that forbidden mm. fruit you know it's it's yeah. i love it so well, how does this materialize are we looking at talks conferences tell us a bit about that so I'm still in the pipelines of how I'm actually going to yeah. fully integrate it, but I'm trying to get into spaces where I would genuinely be overlooked. Mm. I'm trying to get into spaces where you're looking at construction. Yeah. You're looking at some form of engineering. You're looking at projects. You're looking at um, sex education. Yeah. I'm a very small person in stature. And I'm not the loudest person or I don't, I don't sound the way I look or I, I look very young. So for uh-huh. me to go into spaces and start telling people about sex and, and their sexual health and their bodies, I'm seen as a forbidden fruit myself because how yeah. is this young girl talking about such big people things? What is she doing? Uh-uh. Yeah. Who is she? So Who does think- she think she is? Exactly. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you that I am Denzolo and I'm Denzolo Gaiwan and I'm going to keep pushing this thing. Yes, girl. And, you know, I'm, I'm just here to put myself in, you know, that's, that's the idea to put myself in places where people think I shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. That is literally my game plan right now. I don't have a set game plan because I can't mm-hmm. have a set game plan. True, yeah. Who wants to talk about it? Right. So now, who wants to talk about employing the young, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to put myself in places where I know that if I'm going to take other people's children who want to put themselves in positions like that, then yes, I am. We're going to step out into that conference. Yeah. Yeah. Political parties. We're going to step out into that conference for construction. We're going to step out into that project of law firms we're gonna we're just gonna put ourselves in places where people don't think we should be there and we're gonna mentor we're gonna empower we're gonna push we're gonna manage projects we're gonna just do whatever it is to empower the youth and keep the ball rolling i was actually about to say that um the point about mentoring this is i feel like this is such an initiative that's so needed for so many young people so many young women you know to Mm. be mentored through that because to be honest, the most oppressed people in the world are men and women. So if you have the intersection of being a black woman, you know, especially mm-hmm. that's just even extra. So I think there's going to be so many mentorship opportunities and so many young women that are really going to grow from this initiative. And I, I really can't wait to see um, 
just what's what's going to happen and how it's going to evolve and grow and really excited to you know support in the future and and shine a light on the on the initiative so i'm going to switch gears a bit we're going to get a bit more personal. (laughs) so i want to know (laughs) um when did you make the conscious if if maybe there was like a one point in time or over time or whatever um when did you make the initial decision to be celibate and i'm asking that because like i said earlier with me when we were starting with the conversation i always knew at some point like i wasn't like sleeping around or anything but i knew that celibacy was you know somewhere in my near future you know as a believer as a child of god i knew that i was living in sin and i really wanted to be obedient to god the same way that I was obedient in other aspects of, of my life, I wanted to be obedient also through obedience, you know, in, in, in stopping sexual sin. So was that like a point where you decided, okay, I'm going to vow to celibacy. I want to be like, tell me, how, how did that come about? Or was it just like, mm, I don't know. Girl, girl. <laughs> I wanted to be a nun. I wanted to join a a Catholic church, but I wanted to be like in the Negrotlova sister. Like I genuinely wanted to be a nun, like so bad that like I went and I found a nunnery uh, close to where I stay. And, you know, the last day of high school, I told my friend my plan. And I was like, you're going to drive my car home and then you're going to tell my mom where I am. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, we had this whole game plan. And she's like, girl, are you serious? Yeah. What do you mean? You know, we're coming We're coming from a tough exam and you want to do what? <laughs> you want to be know? a sister and a girl. I want to be a, uh-uh, no, friend, I can't do it. And I'm like, well, I'm driving us there someone needs to take the someone needs to take you home someone needs to take the car home yeah you know so you also need to tell my parents where I am Mm -hmm. and (laughs) something was like at least tell your mom where you're going and stuff and I actually stopped at the one nunnery and they're like oh hey sorry we're full try (laughs) the one further down yeah I'm like what was the nunnery? <laughs> Wait, is this is this on the day that you are actually admitting yourself in, or is this before as you're doing your research? Though this is the day I'm admitting myself. Okay. So they're like, no, try the nunnery down there. You might not be able to get in today or this week, but like they might have a spot for you, and we'll mm. also hold out a spot for you. Um, okay, so fine. Now we've been gone for a little while and my mom actually calls and she's like, Yo, where are you at? And I'm like, I'm going to the nunnery. Wow. Oh my gosh, I didn't think you were serious. And she's like trying to talk me out of it. And eventually she did talk me out of it and I came home and she's like, Listen, you can do all your nun things. (laughs) Your nun things. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because it was during the time where like um stories were going around about the priests doing this and the priests doing that and the nuns mm-hmm. running away and the whatever so she was just like you know start off at home and see if you still want to do it and then yeah. go i will i will even take you to the vatican city myself Mm-mm. and i was like oh okay fine. and then there was this one thing where it said that you are basically married to jesus and you're married to god 
mm. you, you're not going to have like a relationship with partners outside and you're not going to be partaking in like you know sexual activities and stuff like that and I was like okay that's fine I'm already not I never yeah had. I actually wanted to know did you understand the fullness of being a nun like the, that part that was the part that actually drew me to okay, it because okay, okay. I, I, I don't know why or for some you see like that's why I say God works in weird and mysterious ways for me to be a nun like I was so inspired by being in like married and um and 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 so into the whole idea of you know I'm married to God or yeah. God's my husband or God's my partner type of thing and he used that to try and get me into the space of that forbidden fruit or yeah. the forbidden fruit. Yeah. So I just think like he works in weird and mysterious ways. Like it started off like that. And, and yeah, and then eventually I was like, yes, I went out to the shop and I bought myself a ring and I was like, boom, on my ring finger, mm. let's do it. And that's how wow. it started. And it was, it was so, <sighs> I don't want to say it was rejuvenating or it was this big thing mm. or it was this big thing that like I was excited for or I wanted to do but it was just that idea of like I can go buy myself a ring and I can I'm already celibate you know mm. I've been celibate my whole life type of thing there's I haven't experienced anything that's gonna make me want to like change my mind or go a different route you know i'm gonna be that unicorn in my society where i'm a virgin till god knows when yeah, yeah you know so it was it was that idea of okay let's go and i was like really thirsty for the word i was like hungry for you know mm. you know i want to pray some more i want to do this some more and i want to do that some more and god was like right fantastic so let's forget about the nunnery thing and <laughs> You. <laughs> you don't and need to be like, a nun to get closer to me tiny <laughs> exactly that's literally what it was and i was like oh okay so i can still sit here and say yeah. i am in, in love with god and i'm married to him and until he wants to change it yeah then it's me and him man and there i was every six months i was like buying rings and i wore it on my ring finger and a lot of people were like oh no but like Oh, you you're gonna put bad luck on yourself you won't get married you won't do this you're gonna mm-hmm. oh, what are you doing and I was like if a man is sent by God and he really really needs to get in there or he really needs to get close to me then it's gonna be a decision of you're gonna ask me about my ring yeah you're exactly. gonna sit down and take the time to actually get to know me you know if you're serious about it then I will tell you my journey and I will explain to you the purpose of my ring and why I wear these rings and why they're so pretty and why I love yeah, them so yeah. much. And people and really do that. say mean things about the ring, sorry. Yeah, definitely. They do. And they're like, oh, what do you mean? You think you're better? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You're going to buy yourself this. What is your man supposed to buy you? Yep. And I'm just like, what do you give a girl that has everything? Exactly. Everything. Yep. You give her everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it was. It just became that idea, and that's literally how it went. And can I please tell you, I wasn't bothered by unnecessary men. Yes, they came to try, but they saw the ring and they were like, "Sorry," and they turned around. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a thing unless he was really interested. 
she'd be like, so how are you doing? I really like yeah. you. Yeah, you'll sit and have a chat and figure out, oh, he, she's not married, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This is the purpose of the ring. Oh, okay, this is very interesting. You mm, know? Mm. And also when she gets like that with me, it's like, oh, the ring. <laughs> exactly we're not gonna go any further because of the ring Mm -hmm. so that's how it was and that's how it started and that's how I kept pushing it and so this day I still I actually even have a lady that like puts aside these really cute princess rings and she's like hey I got a new one today oh yeah yeah I remember you have a lot of celibacy rings <laughs> yeah, you always had a different one because when I decided, okay, after I had taken my vow, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a ring also on my ring finger, um, and yeah. that's for me at the at that time was a symbol of I'm gonna be celibate until marriage. You know, I remember when we went to buy the ring. Speaking about people being mean, I went with a friend of mine, and we were choosing. I was not buying on the day, but I was like kind of going to different places and checking. And this man mm. walked in and was like. Um, women that buy themselves rings will never get married. And I remember yeah, literally yeah. saying, like, literally, we were just thrown, we were not even thrown off, but we just dismissed him really quickly. We we're like, you know what? We don't receive that. We don't have time to talk to you. And someone I went to church mm-hmm. with actually also was like, um, men won't notice you. I was like, first of all, I don't want men to notice me. Um, if I'm meant to get married, I want the right man to notice me. So exactly, it will cool. repel all the people that the men that are not supposed to be with me in any case. That's right. Exactly. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but while we're on that, I want to ask you. So, like you said, you know, it started off as you really wanting to be married to God. The deeper desire, however, was to get closer to God. How would you say? your motivation for celibacy have, has evolved. Because I noticed with me, it's very different. And you and I had this conversation at the conference two years ago that I hosted. Yeah. It's very different now. Back then, it was about, um, yes, I, I had a thirst to really be um, obedient and to really hear God and be closer to God. And, and I knew the only way to do it from that point onwards was to, to be celibate. But another huge motivation of it was, okay, this that's like I said the symbol of it being on my ring finger was because I wanted to you know be celibate until marriage right but right now it's not even about that I I think I remember telling you I don't even know if I want to get married it's really right now it's really no strings attached the reason why I'm still celibate is slightly different to before when I started the reason why I'm currently celibate now is because I just want to be obedient to God and that's it full stop now marriage there's that I want to be obedient that's it full stop so how would you say, if in any way, your motivation to staying celibate is slightly different or has evolved from when you started? Um, when you, well, when you made the decision in your case, yeah. <clears throat> Honestly speaking, I don't want to lie. I don't want to friends. I don't want to be this holier than thou person or country a saint. Yeah. Who was sent by <laughs> Mother Magdalene or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In the beginning, I think my thirst was driven by religion. My mm. thirst was driven by everybody on my mom's side was like deep in the church. They were yeah. doing something. They graduated and they became priests. Some of them um, graduated and they became the nuns. And, you know, that outfit is just like really cute and it's comfortable. Um <laughs> <laughs> You know, you you have your whole uniform and that idea of like, ooh, this is probably the only way that I can get close, as close as I'd like to be. 
And over the years, I realized that I really don't need to, to a point where uh, this hunger got like even stronger. And obviously there's like not a lot of church, Catholic churches around here. So I joined another church, one of the big churches around here and I started there. And mm-hmm. literally I was there every day. I didn't have time to breathe. I didn't have time to go to the bathroom. I didn't have time to eat. <laughs> literally, I was just like, I have to go to church. I'm a sound girl. To a point where it started becoming like, I'm going to work. Sorry, guys, I'm working on Sunday. Sorry, guys, I'm working. Sorry. Yeah. It's like, wait, 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 wait. We've lost the vision. Mm, true. We've lost the reasoning behind this whole thing. We've lost it. And I had to take a step back. I stepped down from a lot of things. I then left the church. Mm. And I, I, I figured that like getting close to God doesn't need a uniform. Yeah. Getting close to God does not need a, a, a church. It does not need four walls. It literally yep. just needs to be me sitting down and making the conscious decision that I am going to do this. Yeah, yeah, you know, ring or no ring. To a point where I actually took it off my ring finger. Mm. Um, I put it on sometimes, and I just have it with me as a reminder. Yeah, yeah. It's like remember why you started. Remember why you started. So when I do have it on my ring finger, then I'm sitting there, and I'm in a place of remember why you started, because yeah. once it stays there for long, and you know, it becomes a very nonchalant thing. Yes, then it you just get used to it. Yeah, yeah. It's, now it's just a stop nonsense it has yeah. no meaning it has no i i think it has a meaning but deep down in my heart it's like really gone and i sat down i was like you know what it's my day i'm gonna worship and i'm gonna have a frank and honest conversation with god and yeah. you know the the voice was just so loud it was ringing in my ears and he was saying those words to me you don't need four walls you don't need an item of clothing you don't need you know, your rosaries, your stuff like that. You don't need these material things to make me love you. Yeah, I like that. You don't need those things to make me draw closer to you. It's a, it, Those stuff is just a reminder mm-hmm. and it, it's used as an instrument to help you get to where you are. So once you start using it as a thing yeah, to yeah. get to where you are, then you've lost the vision. Mm. So that's when I was like, okay, we need to start again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went back to the drawing board and, mm-hmm. you know, then now it stopped being a thing for religion, for culture, for my mom, for my dad, for my grandparents. It became a heart thing. It became a conscious thing. Like, oh, I'm celibate because yeah. this is my temple. Ain't nobody going to mess around and play with me or use me as a toy or nothing like that. If I want to do it. I will step out of the celibacy realm because i want to yeah it will also be a conscious decision and that does not mean that i'm stepping away from god or from all these things i've made the conscious decision i've had a conversation with god and he said it was fine because mm-hmm. this is a contract or a relationship that you have with god it's a conversation that you you know you have so if i want to randomly decide you know i want to get rid of the rings and i'm going to buy myself a crystal that crystal is going to be used as an instrument yeah. or as a reminder that girl did you pray today Mm-mm. did you did you do the things that you had spoken to god about that day on such and such a day you know yeah. did you have a conversation with god period so it became one of those so 
celibacy for me, I think people mustn't do it because someone told you or at church they said or yeah. my pastor said or my mm-hmm. mother said or my grandmother said it must be a conscious decision because once you do something consciously and you do it from the bottom of your heart, it's not going to be a thing where you now you know when temptation comes you're like oh my god i think i need to go pray you know it's like nah yeah no thank you no thank you bye Mm. you know it's a thing that you're just like i'm not doing this no thanks you you don't even think about it you've got nothing to think about it's not like a but what if and then he leaves me and no you're not gonna have things like that if you've made a conscious decision being celibate is a conscious decision that you make for yourself because that's the thing also i mean god doesn't operate in condemnation he operates he he operates in conviction and what i'm hearing from how your motivation evolved it's really the fact that you moved from religion into relationship and we all know that when you have your own personal intimate relationship with god it really is you'll get convicted yes which is through loving kindness Mm. you won't get condemned and I think with me as well, you know, my evolving the first two years, like like what you're saying with the ring, I sometimes forget the ring now. I used to have it on every day, you know. Yeah. I sometimes forget it now, but it's it's the fact that it's not even it's not about the ring. It's about the bigger thing, you know. If I don't have mm-hmm. it on, that's fine because that's a practice, you know. That's mm-hmm. tangible. That's you know, religious things, religious practices are tangible, and you can have the ring and still be doing the opposite of what you you're supposed to do so and that's what relationship with god is yeah that's really what it what it's all about you know allowing yourself opening your heart and allowing yourself to be convicted not to condemn yourself that's not that's not his character that's right and then you lose the ring then what exactly right you gone (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 i love that it's like you, you just need to make it it must be a conscious decision and it must mm-hmm. be a decision that you make yourself it's one thing for someone to tell you Mm-mm, in this church we do this that's great but what does god have for you mm-hmm. for you you know the individual what if yeah. god wants you in the clubs you know so that you can be the jesus in the club yeah. you know jesus didn't just walk around with saints yeah he was with everybody you know what someone if you're has the to jesus be in the clubs you? For the people Come in on. the clubs. I mean, that's you know, just what it is. I'm that one person that's praying for everybody in there while, I don't know, Tom or Rihanna or Jay-Z mm. or whoever's playing in the background, you know, that is fine. I, yeah. I will be that person. Yeah. You actually reminded me about the group from the US, Mary Mary, Erica Campbell and Tina Campbell, the sisters yeah. group. You know, they had most of their tours in the club. Mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. they were talking about how when you know the, the songs would play and maybe they'd have a set of like two songs to perform and they like people would legit be remembering you know about their relationship with god they'd be rededicating falling down in tears repenting blah 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 mm-hmm. you know and we're not here mm-hmm. to judge and to say if you're in the club you're doing anything wrong but it would just take you back to that relationship with you and god you know whether you come back to the club tomorrow i mean that's your peripheral but um yeah people literally would just have that and and that is the reality of that so when you spoke about the club i just remembered that literally because if you think about mary mary one of the biggest song that that shackle song shackles yeah 
yeah, take the shackles off my feet so I can dance. Where are you dancing? At home. Yeah, you're not dancing yeah. at home. Exactly. You know, you're dancing everywhere. You're dancing in your heart. You're dancing in your spirit. Uh-huh. Those songs, if they can like randomly play it in a club or if you randomly play a worship song or a praise song in a club oh, or oh. at Taboo or at Sumo or what is it now? It's not Sumo anymore. It's what? Which <laughs> one? Sumo now. Yeah. yeah it's Sumo yeah. now. Oh. And if you go and you play those songs there, it's going to be a vibe. Everybody's yeah. going to know. Everybody knows the song. Mm-hmm. And everybody will remember that night. Exactly. You know, I remember the one day my cousin went to Icon. Mm-hmm. And they played a gospel song. And she took a video. And it was amazing. Because mm-hmm. everybody was on the tables. Everybody was singing. Everybody was literally in that space of worship so literally you're telling me that, yeah yeah you're telling me that it's not possible in the those kind of videos you know it's not yeah. possible it's it's possible anything yeah. is possible if in your heart you know then no one can tell you otherwise you'll find that the greatest person or the next um the second coming or whoever what happens if that person is a drunkard and that person just drinks yeah. But ask them about the Bible. They'll tell you everything mm-hmm. from beginning to end. They'll tell you everything that you need to know. They will even have a word from God for you. Yeah, yeah. And that's the yeah. thing. Oh. Even talking about celibacy, sorry to jump in, but purity is a, a state, a, 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 a heart condition. Correct. Like, yes, there's the actions that, that follow that and that back up purity. But purity really mm. is a position of the heart. Mm. You know, you need mm. to be pure in your heart, you know, before we even talk about, oh, putting on the ring and blah, 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 blah. You know, it is right. a heart condition, right. you know. So it's not about, well, I'm in the club. What, what is your heart stature? What is your heart position? Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. And that's the important thing, the heart. Mm. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's a very weird and wonderful thing if you actually get to think about it because you can sit there and... um. You're, you're just literally enjoying the moment and you're enjoying mm. who you are. And it's the idea of like also with virginity. You can still see yourself as a virgin even after you've had sex and you've done all these weird and wonderful things because then I think now to take back the idea of virginity because it's turned into this whole patriarchy thing. You need to mm. give yourself to the man and you need to, you know, give your whole self and give him your virginity. Why? Mm. you know i can still go and decide to sleep with him and still come out a virgin because mm-hmm. you know this whole idea of saying that oh no i lost my virginity that that is a loser mindset and i feel that people should stop saying stuff like that because yeah. you don't lose it it's still there mm-hmm. you know it becomes a what were you taught virginity to be true yes yeah you know is mm. it something that you were told to give somebody Mm-hmm. or is it like a heart condition and that that purity that you were speaking about mm-hmm. and preserving the diamond my diamond's still preserved mm-hmm. and that's why yeah. a lot of young women feel like their dignity is gone you know because that's sometimes that's what the languaging is you know you don't give yeah. away this so when you've slept with someone or broken your virginity you know there are a lot of women who just feel like my dignity is gone i slept with whoever i gave it you don't give anything to anyone Exactly. So I think that's why women also become so attached to the person that they then, in inverted commas, lose their virginity to because it's just like, oh no, but you're my first one. You're the one. Um, Yeah, that's so true. No, honey, no. That was a learning experience you've learned. Don't do it again. Yep. 
Mm. I love that. So, Tiny, <laughs> what are the practical st- strategies that you say you implement to to really preserve? I don't like the word preserve, but to to protect your purity. And when I speak about protecting, I speak I'm speaking about protecting it from yourself. What I learned is, you know, I'm not only protecting my purity from like yeah. guys or from others, but from myself as well, because in ourselves we can really just you know mess up the plans that we have for ourselves and that god Mm -hmm. has for us but how do you what practical strategies do you implement you know what boundaries have you set for yourself um i i think my main thing i don't have a lot of steps because once you start having a lot of steps you lose it Mm -hmm. um i think the idea of it is to be conscious Mm to sit down and say, what am I doing? Is this something that I want to do? Mm. You know, whether you're thinking of stepping out of the celibacy realm or stepping mm. into it. Mm. Is this something that I want to do? Yeah. Like um, now when I got into a relationship, I, I, I said like I got into a relationship yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> like right now, 30 minutes ago, you jumped into a relationship, girl. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's been a couple of years now. But in that, when we first had, I mean, it's, it's important to have the conversation. If you're going to decide to actually date in the, the that um, celibacy role, I sat down with him. And to show how amazing it is, you, you're putting it out there. It's a conscious decision, right? So you put it out there. So that's the energy that everybody's picking up off. Yeah. And what he actually said to me, it wasn't even my idea. I never said it. I didn't say a word mm-hmm. to him. He said to me that, you know what? I would like us to hold off there. Mm. How long into the relationship was this? This is in the beginning. <laughs> mm-hmm. in the very beginning, before he asked me to be his girlfriend, this, this yeah. was a conscious that he set out and I made the conscious decision to actually say yes Yeah. because yeah. he said to me I, I want to try something different I've been with a whole bunch of girls and you know sex was part of the relationship and stuff like that and I stayed in the relationship because of the sex I would mm-hmm. like to try something different Yeah. and I was like hmm this was even before he knew about my celibacy before he asked me about my ring before he you know He's, he'd known me for a long time. So it was one of those things that it was there, right? Yeah. It's always been there. He just never asked, but he always knew that, mm-mm, here I can't play. This this is not a playground for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he made the decision and he was like, no, I'd like us to hold off, you know, at least starts with that 90-day thing. I was like, shut up. I kept quiet. 90 days came and went and he was like, you know what? Let's do the whole year. Hmm. The year went by, he was like, you know what? I actually like this. And we got to know each other from like a different perspective. You you yeah. know a person's ups, you know a person's downs, you know how to actually communicate. How to say, I'm sorry, hmm. or how to look at things in your relationship differently because now you're not trying to fix everything with sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I think the main idea is to just be conscious, make a conscious decision and do something because you want to do it and not because you were told by somebody yeah. or whatever. Even if you were told by someone, it, that decision still needs to be made by you. Yeah, it needs to be personal. 
yeah so I think that's that's my steps mm. <laughs> that's my suggestion yeah I I like that and I, I guess also people will you know implement quote-unquote strategies differently because people are different some people are step-by-step people and some people are mm. not you get what I mean mm. but I like mm. the fact that you know you're kind of removing that whole step-by-step also can really be intimidating <laughs> it can it can be a bit intimidating exactly because okay I've done step one exactly step yeah yeah it can be quite intimidating what happens if you don't have a step two yeah because every situation is different you know correct yeah right everybody's so if you work with steps then make a conscious decision that step one is this yeah step two is that it's a conscious decision you are deciding that i'm going to take steps into Mm. this thing Mm. and my first step is to do this and you can't go into step one without knowing what step two is gonna be because once step one is finished then what yeah yeah do you stop everything do you you know you need to have a business plan basically for your life that that is giving me anxiety already you need to have a business plan for your life you need to have a business plan for when you're gonna stop being celibate you need to yeah, you need to you need yeah. to and you're just like mm-hmm. also i think maybe also in the beginning of your celibacy maybe that works like for instance when i think of i didn't really have steps but in the beginning like i had I had like quite practical boundaries that were not in the form of space. Mm. It was like, okay, mm. this is my boundary. If I make out with someone, this is where it's going to stop. No clothes go off, mm. no touching here, you know, stuff like that. But maybe in the beginning, mm. it might be necessary. But as you grow mm-hmm. in your celibacy, I, I still have some of those boundaries, but not all of them, you know, because it's that whole concept of sometimes you will get close to the line and not cross it sometimes you you know like right now i don't feel the need to even get close to the line because it's like i've made a decision i want to be celibate i want to practice purity i want to be obedient period as opposed to like the first two years of taking my vow you know i would kind of get close to the line in certain situations so i think also that evolves as well in terms of the 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 boundaries that you you know put around your your vow celibacy because i feel like once you start having these steps and it's not a conscious decision and it's not something that you've fully invested yourself in and your mm. heart is in it everything you are going to get tested left yep. right and right. center like listen mm. temptation is going to come from all angles and you won't even know where to look yeah even looking down is a temptation mm-hmm. exactly so yeah so i like what you're saying there so you've already touched on relationships, which is actually my next point. But since you are like just segueing and just doing this interview, very <laughs> easy for me. Um, I had a question about um, if you feel like being in a relationship limits you as, you know, a person who's practicing celibacy. But from the story that you told, you know, mm-hmm. in this particular instance, you know, that's a no. But in the past, what would you say? In the past. I guess, um, I think it's just a matter of taking things, before I made like a fully, fully, fully conscious decision, I was like, okay, relationships would be like a no-go because I feel like I'm putting myself in a position where Mm. I'm not strong enough. You know, you need to know that you're strong enough to be able to say, this is my boundary and to stand by your boundary because... Once you wishy-washy and you 
hopping around and you're not steadfast in where you are, I feel like boundaries can always be crossed. True, yeah. Even if it's like your boundary was, oh, no, no kissing. Before you know it, your shirt is off, then what? You mm-hmm. cross that boundary. And in your mind, you're like, oh, I'm already here. I'll start again tomorrow. Yeah. It's a matter of being strong-minded and, you know, steadfast in where you are and being okay with it. I <laughs> It's a conscious, like I say, it's a conscious mm-hmm. decision that you need to make. And um, if you're not strong enough, I would stay, I would say stay clear from that. Um, yeah. Don't put yourself in positions where at some point, you know, and don't put yourself with people that you know are going to be able to test you and take you for a ride. Yeah. Cause some people are really good with the mind and they're able to like manipulate you mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. all angles without even realizing that, Oh, how did I get here? Yeah. Yeah. And once again, I think especially in the beginning, Tiny, you know, I mm-hmm. always say I'm so grateful that I, I took my vow February of 2017. I was taking a gap year. Um, I had done my honors in 2016. The next year I got selected into a master's program. I think that's the best thing that ever happened to me, you know, because um, I didn't have time to do anything or go anywhere. And obviously in the beginning, that's like your most vulnerable time. I feel like your first Mm. year and a half to two years, especially if you are practicing celibacy from not being a virgin where you've had sexual experiences before, you know, I feel Mm. like it's very important. Like give yourself at least two years. I mean, I'm not saying the right relationship won't come where the person is also, where you equally yoked and the person is also practicing celibacy. But I think give yourself like a year to two years in the beginning because you're still very vulnerable you know you have a past where you were sexually active you know um and i think it's just better to just steer clear for yeah don't put yourself in positions yeah because i because i feel like now i'm in a better position to like i'm saying even some of the boundaries i don't really apply i'm in a better position to go on a date as opposed to like the first year you know what i mean you know and also you have that sense of I'm in too deep. Like, this is really happening. Like, when I hit a year, I was like, okay, this is really happening. Like, this is done. I'm doing this. Right? Exactly. As opposed to, like, very early on, like, three months in, you're, like, jumping into a relationship. Like I said, it can work if the person has the same intentions. But rather, say, for a year, just, you know, stay clear. Because that's the thing also about celibacy. It, If, in a spiritual sense, it brings you closer to God it gives you clarity on your purpose, um, what you want to do, your aspirations, your future plans, because sex can be so clouding. It, it, it can really cloud people's judgment. Like you said, when you said that your partner said there's been, you know, instances where staying was really just because of a sexual experience. And that's really true. I've had the experience as well, where there were relationships where it was like, nothing's really happening here. The sex is good. That's it. That's the only reason why I'm still here. So it can really cloud you. And I think especially if you are celibate, but you, you know, you are not a virgin, you've had sexual experiences previously. I think it's, I really think it's best for you to kind of just steer clear from relationships for a bit. But I also feel that you also need to know yourself. Mm. If you know yourself that you are basically easily persuaded or, you lose interest in something very quickly. Don't go put yourself in positions where you're going to be tempted and you're going to lose. Sure. You're setting yourself up for failure. You need to know yourself. If you know that you're strong-willed and you can do it, mm-hmm. get into that relationship and and if you like being tested, 
I think getting into a relationship would be like one of a a good thing because it helps you grow because that's the type of person you are. You like challenges. You like challenging yourself. Mm. Whereas if you're like me and you, (laughs) sometimes it depends and you're just like, oh, maybe if I, just a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. And that little bit, you're pushing the boundaries up a bit. Now you're moving the boundaries, and now the boundaries are all over the place, and you don't know what you're doing. So what are you doing? You know. Yeah. So if I think it's it's a moment to actually take the time out to actually get to know yourself. Mm-hmm. If you know yourself fully within a month, if you're lucky, two months. True. Yeah, six yeah. Months, because the time know. won't be the same for everyone. Also, that's true. Exactly. Exactly. So give yourself some time. Get to know yourself. Take. Don't take it as an idea of being celibate. Start off with that. You know what? I actually just want to know who Tiny is. Mm. I want to know who Hope is. I just want to get to know myself a little bit. What I like, what I don't like. You know, because I feel like in moments like that, once you do get into the relationship and you're ready to get out of that celibacy realm, you'll know what you like. And once you don't like it, you're like, yeah, no, this is not going to work for me. Yeah. Can we quit? And once again, that's the soberness that I spoke about that celibacy brings. You really get to know yourself. Like if you're not a very um, introspective, self-aware, you know, self-inside type of person, celibacy really gives you that. Don't you feel like? Yeah. 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 It gives you a great perspective on yourself and Mm -hmm. it opens your eyes to who you really are. Like you you won't know how strong you are until you challenge yourself and until you get to know yourself. Then, Yeah. 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 Okay, so Tani, my next question to you is when like how soon do you think someone should an individual should disclose um in a potential relationship that they are basically practicing celibacy? I think from the get-go. Okay. So in I feel like a lot of people like when they get into relationships, they don't put up their boundaries and they don't put out their things like first thing you should talk about is what do you consider cheating Mm. for my boyfriend another person buying me lunch or another person buying me a drink is cheating exactly yeah you know um for me if he's example if he's gonna like talk to other women for like a long period of time or if he's gonna give hugs that's cheating Mm mm-hmm you know, so you need to talk about it and you need to like put all your cards on the table so it, it's not a situation of, no, but you didn't tell me, why didn't you tell yeah. me sooner? I think in the beginning of any relationship, you should like kind of like put it out there. Like with your friendships and stuff, oh, you can highlight it here and there later on. But with a person that you are intimate with mm. and I'm using intimacy outside of the sexual space. Yeah, yeah. I think it's very important that you actually let them know what's what, what's happening and where you are. If mm. you're not in a fine place right now and um, you should just give them a heads up of what they can expect so that maybe one day if you don't speak to them for that full day, um, it's not a train smash. You did let them know in the beginning that, hey, I'm not in the right space right now and sometimes I need to take time for myself. Yeah. I think transparency is very diff- is very important. I mean, in any relationship that you want to be healthy, very very important. Because when you spoke about the example of the four days, I'm thinking about say you guys are starting out and then you're not transparent about this. 
and you guys are planning maybe to meet up um not even at someone's place but somewhere else you know if you're not open about okay this is the journey that i'm taking of celibacy the other person in their mind is probably thinking oh afterwards we're going to drive to his or her house and we're going to get that you know what i mean so just yeah. be straight up because in any case also like we said previously if the person is not interested in anyone who's practicing celibacy then maybe that's not the person for that time or just not the person period Yeah, yeah, it's a good way to repel people who are not even meant to be a part of your life, not just even maybe romantically, or maybe they'll be a part of your life in a different capacity. Correct. Maybe those days you just meant they to teach you something, or they meant to just be as be a friend, Mm -hmm. be there as a support structure, but nothing more. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, okay, so we're gonna we we are coming to the end. I have two more things to ask. Just generally, um, what would you okay. what would be your sorry? No, I'm saying okay. Oh, yeah, I thought you're adding something. But just generally, what would be um your advice for one someone wishing to start their celibacy journey? So this would obviously be someone who's not biologically a version. I don't like that word version, but let's say biologically a version. Um, what would be your advice for that type of individual? But also, two, what is your word of encouragement for someone who feels like they don't really see the fruits of their celibacy or of their virginity? I would say be patient with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you, it's, it's a very difficult thing to do. It's a very taxing um decision and if you are make like I said if you're gonna make a conscious decision to do this and this and that be kind to yourself you're gonna make some mistakes here and there but if you really want to do this be kind to yourself say oh I messed up today you know what tomorrow is another day we can try again or maybe even if it means that you need to give yourself a month Mm. give yourself a month think about what you're doing write down your plans and your goals that you want to get out of the celibacy like why are you doing it you know um what is the end goal for when you decide to end your celibacy what do you want to have achieved for yourself or what do you want to you know you need to set goals it's basically like being in a relationship with yourself that's very true and being in a relationship with someone else where where do you guys see yourselves in five years you know Mm. where do you see yourself next year like, you know, you need to set goals for yourselves and actually have that open and honest conversation with yourself where you're like, oh, today, today I was tempted, but yep. you know what? Yep. I took the time out and I said, nope, you know, or you fell into the temptation. That's also okay. You're starting yeah. out, you know, it's it's a difficult thing. You started off differently now, you know, you're putting yourself in a whole new different path. You're allowing you 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 basically restarting your body. That's true. It's like a detox. Yeah. You know, or when you're going on a diet, you're going to crave chocolates and then one day you're like, oh, the craving is so strong. I need to have like a piece of chocolate. Mm-mm. You're not going to now give up the whole diet because you had a piece of chocolate. Yeah, you true. had a moment of weakness. That is fine. That is okay. You know, I think people are just a bit too hard on themselves and then they give up mm-hmm. too quickly. Be patient with yourself and, you know, be okay to start again yeah and what you said earlier you go back to the drawing board 
yeah. you know, if you've kind yeah. of, you know, fallen off of off the bus, off the bus, you you just go back mm. to the drawing board. But I think also the biggest thing that people need to realize about purity is not one of those things that you can, well, maybe you can brag about it, but it's not one of those things that you can really brag about because there are so many internal battles that you fight to try and yeah. avoid temptations, to try and stick mm-hmm. to it. So I think one of the things, especially with the second part of the question that I asked you for people who don't necessarily see the fruits of their celibacy or, or, or of that virginity, of their virginity, you really need to think about what is realistic as a fruit. Because this is not a badge of honor. This is something, yes, that will benefit you emotionally, maybe spiritually as well. But it's not something you're going to get an award for. You know, So if you're looking for that type of thing, that's probably not this. You know, this is about internal growth, internal maturity, internal change, internal health, so much more internal benefits than, you know, external benefits that are really seen. Because a lot of people won't see the battles that you fight, you know, in your mind um, to, to stick with it. You know, the places that you sometimes may need to avoid. I remember in the first year, there's just stuff I couldn't do and you know anymore yes maybe I still do now and gone back to but like I said I, was, I felt like I was very vulnerable you know so maybe going to a certain place where the outcome of it might um, end or in the past had ended in like a sexual or close to a sexual experience I had to avoid those for some time you know so I think people mm-hmm. need to really think mm-hmm. about what is realistic you know in the sense of seeing fruits of celibacy it's not a badge of honor most of the benefits are really internal emotionally and spiritually and mentally not necessarily yeah. stuff that people will see you see th- th- what you're saying is very important so if you've written it down somewhere or if you made a mental note or if you you know mm. set stuff aside it would be a good thing to once you, you do relapse you can go back and yeah. You can go back to the drawing board, you can go back to that notebook, you can go back to that voice note, or that mental note that you made that, okay, you also need to leave some room, you know, as yeah. life would have it for some disappointment, mm, for some shortfall, some relapse. It's like um, getting a person who goes to rehab. Mm. One time at rehab might not fix your addiction, but if you go yeah. back, and you you go back to the drawing board and say, okay, you know what, I messed up. I think it's best if I, you know, maybe take a week and then start again. Yeah, the whole yeah. point is, even if you fall back up. Yeah. I'm actually interested. I'm curious, Tiny. Do you have, um, I call them accountability partners. And if you do have, how, how does that work? People who I don't have accountability partners. I don't have people who keep me in check because mm. um, I I made the conscious decision yeah. and it was my idea. So I don't think if at any point I should need one, um, you know, it's like, ooh, why did I do this? Mm. You know? Yeah, mm. yeah. But I think also that from what I'm I'm taking from you, that also might be not even mine, but that's also because it seems like you have a good sense of this is what I'm doing and this is why I'm doing it. But you also have the ability to reflect also, like you said earlier, 
you know, if maybe you got close to getting really tempted or placed yourself in a position that you know you should not have, you are able to, you seem like an individual who's able to kind of, okay, let me sit down with myself and go through this, you know, whereas someone might need to do that with someone else or external, other external parties. Yes. Okay, so we are going to close with a quick, um, I call it the YHV lightning round. So it's basically, you know, rapid fire, but you need to complete sentences. So it's not like in the form of questions. Very quickly. Well, honestly, don't think about it, but kind of think about it, but just be fast. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. So you're going to complete the following sentences. Okay. The one thing that people don't really know about me is. I'm actually very strong-willed and I'm stubborn. Hmm, okay. <laughs> um, I'm functioning from the highest version of myself when I am. When I'm by myself. Wow, are you an introvert? Yes, but I need to like recharge with other people, but I prefer spaces where I am by myself. That's where I recharge, that's where... You mm. find me mostly. I'm at home just yeah. doing my own thing. Yeah. Awesome. Um, my superpower is reading people. Oh, can you elaborate? Um, so when I say reading people, I mean <laughs> <laughs> not really, but I, I, I trust my intuition. So when I say reading people, I'm I'm referring to my intuition. Yeah. Um I, I never stray away from my intuition. So if my intuition says, yeah, no, this is not the person or I don't like you or something, then yeah. I just go with it. Yeah. That's good. And then the last one, the last sentence to complete, the legacy I want to leave is? I want to have made a difference in the sexual space, in the, sex, in the space of sexuality, yeah. in um, the sexology department. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay, so I'm going to ask you one last question. What are you currently working on? Anything that you can tell us about that forbidden fruit? I have to make the, the, the switch in my head from that to that. But what can you tell <laughs> us about that forbidden fruit and how can people connect with you? Um, so if you're looking for me, I am mainly on LinkedIn. Um, that is where you can communicate with me. If you just look for my name and surname. You'll probably find me under the founder of that forbidden fruits or the forbidden fruits. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so far it's a bit quiet on my side. I'm just trying to find spaces that I can penetrate. Yeah. But if you have any questions, if you are interested, if you're looking for some interesting articles, you can always ask me if you heard about a word or something like vaginismus and you want to get more details on it, then you can always pop me a message and yeah. Awesome. Tiny, that forbidden fruit, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining me. This was awesome, as always. All right, Hope. Bye, Tiny. Alrighty, sharp, and we'll talk. Bye, sharp. Bye.